Welcome into another episode of Locked On Phillies. In today's episode, it's your free agency preview. Yes, we're going to dive into everything you need to know ahead of, or I guess at the start of, free agency as it started yesterday. What do the Phillies need? Who are the top targets? What have they already done? And there's a star to keep an eye on. I want to devote some time to whether or not that would be a realistic option for the Philadelphia Phillies. Who could it be? We'll find out in today's episode of Locked on Phillies. You are Locked on Phillies, your daily Philadelphia Phillies podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, this is Locked On Phillies. I'm your host, Connor Thomas. Thank you so much for checking us out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Please make sure you're rating, reviewing, subscribing to the YouTube, all that great stuff that really helps us out here on Locked On Phillies. I appreciate it. So thank you so much for being along for the ride. And this is a big episode. Uh, This is going to be one that a lot of people are going to want to watch. The free agency preview for the Philadelphia Phillies. What do they do in free agency this offseason. They've been one of the big players the past couple of years, or really since getting Bryce Harper, in free agency. And this is how the Phillies have built the strength of this roster. This is also how they're going to continue to build the strength of this roster. Expect them to be major players in free agency again for a couple top guys, especially when you're looking at pitchers, because that is the goal of free agency this year. Make the rotation better. So, Before we get into specifically the top targets, I want to tell you a little bit about what the Phillies have already done and something, a move they chose not to make. And also we'll get a general idea of what their needs are before we get into who the top targets could be for that. First of all, what the Phillies have already done. So you had the opportunity, Major League teams did, to tender what's called a qualifying offer. If you're not familiar with what a qualifying offer is, when you have a player reaching free agency, they average out the salaries of the top 125 players in baseball, which this year came out to just a tick over $20 million. And a qualifying offer is extending an offer to a free agent on your team or a guy going to be a free agent, free agent this offseason and say, we're offering you the qualifying offer, a one-year deal worth the average of the top 125 salaries in baseball, which again this year is a little bit over $20 million. What the player can do is they can either accept or reject the qualifying offer. Accepting would obviously mean they would be back for one year under that contract circumstance, a one-year deal worth 20 and change. But if they reject it and then they end up signing with another team, the team that tendered the qualifying offer to the player would then receive draft pick compensation. So, for example, the Philadelphia Phillies tendered a qualifying offer to Aaron Nola. They know he's not going to take it. He's not going to take a deal one year, $20 million. And he shouldn't. This should be the point in Aaron Nola's career where he cashes in long-term and makes really, really big, generationally life-changing money. Why would he risk another one-year deal and the potential of injury or really rough performance that reduces his market value? He won't. He's not going to take the deal. But the reason the Phillies tendered that offer to him is because they believe he could walk in free agency. And if he goes somewhere else, they would receive draft pick compensation back in return for Aaron Nola. So that's where all the compensatory picks come in in the MLB draft. It's from stuff like this. 
that was a smart move by the Philadelphia Phillies to tender the qualifying offer because there's a chance someone pays out the wazoo for Aaron Nola in free agency, and you don't want to let him walk away for nothing. You want to get at least something back. So that was a smart decision by the Philadelphia Phillies. Now, on the other hand, the Phillies chose not to tender a qualifying offer for Reese Hoskins. And I think the reasoning behind that is if he was going to come back on a one-year deal after not playing in a major knee injury, the tear in his ACL that he suffered in spring training this year, it wouldn't be at $20 million. They'd hope to get him at a lower price. So you'll see what goes on with that going forward, but he has not been tendered a qualifying offer. So if he leaves, you will not receive draft pick compensation. This doesn't say anything about whether or not Aaron Noll is coming back. This is the Phillies hedging their bet in case he doesn't. And it also doesn't say anything about Reese Hoskins coming back. I mean, the fact that they didn't tender the qualifying offer gives you an idea that they value him less than $20 million a year, which I don't think is outlandish considering the major injury he just suffered and the fact that he's rough defensively. He could still sign a contract with this team, and Aaron Nola could accept the, ten, uh, the qualifying offer. He won't, but he could. And even if he doesn't, he could still re-sign with the Phillies later on a different contract structure. But that's basically what the Philadelphia Phillies have done already. Now, what do the Phillies need in free agency? Let's go through it. Bullpen is pretty well set, except Craig Kimbrell is no longer with the team. By the way, yeah, Kimbrell, no qualifying offer. Michael Lorenzen, no qualifying offer. And Drew Ellis was the other guy, no qualifying offer. Scott Kingry actually is staying with the organization through some technicality thing. Not important, but bottom line is Aaron Nola and Reese Hoskins were the only two guys that would really consider being tendered a qualifying offer, and they did it for Aaron Nola. But Kimbrell's gone, so you're going to need to approach the back end of the bullpen. A closer like, say, Josh Hader. Now, Hader was tendered a qualifying offer by the San Diego Padres, but no no, no word if he's going to accept it or not. We won't know that for a little bit. So uh, maybe Hader's available out there. But we'll talk about targets specifically. The Phillies are going to need to add to the back end of their bullpen. They're always going to look to do that. They did it with Kimbrell this past year. They traded for Gregory Soto this past year. You're always going to look to bring in guys Matt Strom was a guy that they added this past offseason that ended up being a big part of the bullpen and part of the starting rotation. So the bullpen is going to be a focus. Let's go through the position players now, right? You don't need anyone at catcher. J.T. Romito is still set. You you probably don't need anyone at first base because Bryce Harper is most likely going to end up playing there. Let's just assume for the time being Bryce Harper is your first baseman because it makes this scenario as simple as possible. Bryce and Stott play second. Trey Turner plays short. Or we talked about it. Maybe they flip-flop those. Doesn't matter. You have two middle infielders. Alec Bulma's third base lockdown. You have Edmundo Sosa as the depth piece in the infield. Uh, you'll probably have Garrett Stubbs back. Well, yeah, you have Garrett Stubbs back as your backup catcher. Outfield. Nick Castellanos is in right. That's not changing unless he's traded. Left field will either be Kyle Schwarber or Brandon Marsh or Johan Rojas or Christian Pache. All of those guys still with the team. Center field will either be Rojas or Pache or Marsh. I mean, you've got plenty of guys stacked up. You're not going to add anything. If you played your highest paid guys at all those positions, Romito would catch, Harper would play first, Stott second, Turner short, um, Bohm third, Castellanos in right, Marsh in center, left field would be Schwarber or Rojas could go somewhere. Bottom line is you don't really need to 
add to anything. If you look at any of those positions and say you're weak, maybe it's center field, but you have some young players that you don't want to halt their development by bringing in another veteran, unless it's like a top, top level guy. Position players, what you're going to want to add is you're going to want to add strength to the bench. Who can you bring in that gives you legitimate pop off the bench for not a lot of money? That's not going to play a lot. And Schwarber's going to DH if he doesn't play out in left field. So you don't even need to bring in a DH. There's just not that many spots for position players. Be looking out if they add another position player. It'll be a guy with power that isn't expensive, that isn't asked to play a position all that often, that can pinch hit off the bench from either the right or the left side. I'd expect it to be more from the right side, but we'll see. And then finally, the starting rotation. So Zach Wheeler is back. Ranger Suarez is back. Taiwan Walker is back. Christopher Sanchez is back. But Aaron Nola is a free agent, as is obviously Michael Lorenzen. Uh, and no guarantees whether or not Nola is going to accept the qualifying offer. I'm telling you, I think he'd be dumb to do so, and I think it would be crazy if he did. Uh, that would be a major win for the Phillies if he did that. But I don't see it as a possibility. So assume Aaron Nola is going to be out on the open market. You're going to need another top-end starting pitcher. We've known this for a little bit, but I'm just reminding you, a top-end starting pitcher is going to be the number one focus for the Philadelphia Phillies. Dave Dombrowski said it in his end-of-year media availability, and it just makes sense, right? You don't need anything at any of the positions. Bullpen is less valuable than starting pitching, and you're losing a top-end starter. So it's either Aaron Nola coming back or it could be somebody else. So coming up on the other side, we're going to run through the top targets at those three positions. A bench bat, a back-end bullpen arm or two, and a starting pitcher top of the line. We'll discuss that coming up and who those guys could be as we continue today's episode of Locked on Phillies. First, though, I want to tell you about my friends over at FanDuel. You can score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. You can bet on any team. They could be heavily favorited. You could bet on, uh, like, I don't know, let's say the Birds were playing the worst team in football, probably the Panthers. Like, the Birds play Carolina. You could bet the Birds for the money line, and you'd be able to win $150 if they win that game, which they would because they're the best team in football. That's $150 if your team wins. You can bet on any team. You just need the winning bet, and you'll get that return in your account. You'll be able to use those $150 to make even more bets on FanDuel. It's awesome. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app's super easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options. So you don't just have to bet money line. You can bet spreads. You can bet player props, over-unders, same-game parlays. All that type of stuff is available through FanDuel. If you can think of a bet, they got it available. They're the best. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season right. Well, I mean, the NFL season's already rolling, so it should say. Continue. Maybe it's the second half kickoff of the NFL season as we head into week 10. Kick it off right with FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, now I've pulled up a list here of the top 25 free agents available around baseball. And I'm going to run through these, and we're going to talk about some potential options for the Philadelphia Phillies who could be top targets. Now, let's do this quickly before we dive any deeper. The number one guy on this list and the number one guy on every list of every team forever this offseason is Shohei Otani. Two-way guy. I know he's got issues with his elbow again, but he's going to pitch probably at some point in his career, and he's an amazing power hitter. He's easily the top free agent. 
The Phillies are not likely to sign Shohei Otani. Sorry to disappoint. It'd be fun if they did, but the question about his elbow, how he would fit into the lineup, it's like you'd find a place for him, but I'm not in the business of spending money to force a guy into the lineup. I'm in the business of spending money to bring in a guy that is significantly, significantly better than anything you have available at that position if you find it a position in need. Where would Otani play on this team? Would he DH? That means Kyle Schorber would have to play left field. Would he play center field? I mean, maybe. Is he, is that a good enough defense? Like, I'm not trying to talk you out of Shohei Otani being a great player. And if he signed with the Phillies, I'd be ecstatic. He just doesn't make as much sense here as he does other places. And he'd cost an insane amount of money for a team that already has a lot of money committed to superstars. I don't see him as a realistic option for the Philadelphia Phillies. Unfortunately, Sucks. Would love to see him be here, but just doesn't really make sense to me. Cody Bellinger's on this list here. Cody Bellinger had a great year with the Cubs this past year. He now enters free agency, and the Cubs are going to look to bring him back. I don't, again, I don't see how he fits in with the Philadelphia Phillies. I really don't. I, I don't understand where he would, like, I guess he'd play center. And he's better than Brandon Marsh or Johan Roas, but do you want to commit that much money to the outfield to – it seems like an overcommitment to a player worth a lot of money that you're not going to get that much usage out of on top of what you have. Uh, like if you're only going to spend for one big name free agent, I'd rather it be a major, major starting pitcher than spending that money on Bellinger. And he's not going to be a bench bat. He's too talented for that. Uh, Matt Chapman at third base, the Phillies have no need. Number five on this list, Aaron Nola. Now, of course, bringing Nola back is priority. You already know Aaron Nola. I just want to uh, read you a little bit of what we've got here. Um, let's see. There's no predictive power to be found. That uh, let's see. Several veteran talent evaluators expressed that they would prefer to sign Nola over Blake Snell, no matter the financial component. The reasoning is straightforward. Nola's ERA has bobbed up and down over the last handful of seasons, but he throws a lot of strikes and has required just one stint on the injured list since 2018. Durable throw strikes. I don't have to tell you this. Like, you know, you've watched Aaron Nola. The inconsistencies, they're there. Here's my question about Aaron Nola. Would the Phillies be willing to shell out the amount of money that other teams who are desperate will? Let's say the Phillies don't get Aaron Nola. Well, we just mentioned him. Blake Snell is going to be potentially available. Now, he got a qualifying offer from the Padres, but I'd be surprised if he signs it. Snell is in the conversation for Cy Young this year probably going to win it for the National League, and he won one in the American League with the Tampa Bay Rays. So he's next level, right? You look at it and you say, okay, uh, he threw fewer than 60% strikes this season, so a little bit more wild than Aaron Nola. Walk rate was nearly one of the 20 highest posted by a starting pitcher. Uh, so he's chase-dependent, but he has great stuff. And, yeah, let's see, a lot of deep counts. Um this season only marked the second time that he's either started 30 or more games and cleared 140 innings. So he's not quite as durable. That's why Aaron Nola is more focused in on than Snell. But still, a really, really good guy as far as bringing in to strengthen the rotation. A couple other guys to keep your eye on with the starting pitching. Dylan Cease, the White Sox have said that he's potentially available to be traded. So that's something to keep an eye on. Like This doesn't have to be free agency. This can come by way of trade. Uh, some other names here. Eduardo Rodriguez, uh, he's a guy that the Phillies should be interested in. He was a middle-of-the-rotation guy that went to the Dodgers on a deadline deal. Well, he tried to, but he vetoed it. So he didn't end up out there. So he would have been moved, but instead chose not to. 
I mean, he had a good year. He's going to he, – he's got a three-pitch mix, low 90s fastball, a cutter, changeup, good stuff, and he'll be a mid-rotation starter. It, to me, he feels like a little bit not splashy enough for the Philadelphia Phillies. Aaron Nola would be great. Blake Snell would be splashy. Like Shohei Otani would be next level. That would be like a cannonball in the pool at a barbecue. Eduardo Rodriguez just doesn't move the needle for me. Marcus Stroman, he was a guy that the Phillies looked at at the trade deadline. He's available, but trade deadline, yes. Free agency and signing to a multi-year deal, I don't know that I like Marcus Stroman that much. He's not a top end of the reputation guy to me, too. Lucas Giolito is an interesting one. He's a name that you associate with a top-level pitcher. And yet, when he got moved, he did not do much at all. So he was traded to the Angels, and he just didn't produce for them. But nobody on that team produced. They're, they might just be a cursed organization. The Phillies might be able to bring in Giolito on a cheaper deal than what he probably deserves because of that struggle after the trade deadline with the Angels trying to make the postseason. But the risk you're taking is, was that struggle pressure-related? Was Giolito not ready to stand up to the pressure of a postseason push? And is he going to collapse in the clutch for the Phillies? I hesitate to say he's a clear, clear replacement for Aaron Nola. I think he's another guy that's a step down. Jordan Montgomery is interesting. Jordan Montgomery was really, really good for the Texas Rangers this year. And he's a World Series champion now. And he did everything you needed him to do in October. Like he showed up in the big spots. That's what Aaron Nola did. But he's not quite as talented as Nola. So do you trust that he's going to take another jump? Uh, that's another guy to look on. So when you hear names like Montgomery, Giolito, Stroman, Snell, uh, Rodriguez, Nola, those are the types of guys that the Phillies are going to get one of those guys. They are. They're going to go out and spend some money to bring one of those guys in, and you'll have a look at them. Uh, another guy on this list, of course, Reese Hoskins. We know what Reese Hoskins is. I don't know whether or not he'll sign here. I have no idea. Like, I don't know what he's looking for. I know they didn't tender the qualifying offer, so they're assuming he's less valuable than that. But will a team give Reese Hoskins a one-year deal worth more than that out there or worth even to that? I don't know. Like, Scott Boris is such a weird case. He loves the one-year deals, prove it for his client, especially in a situation coming off of an injury. He's such a hard player to evaluate his value. Is he the guy you see in the postseason hitting clutch home runs? Is he the first baseman that can't field it? Is he the guy that just blew out his knee? Like, what is Reese Hoskins? It's going to be a tough question to call. And the Phillies might just say, hey, man, sorry, we can't evaluate you. We don't know how you're going to be, and we're not willing to make a sizable financial commitment to you. So that might be tough there. As far as the bullpen's concerned, I love Josh Hader. I want him to be here, too. I like I want Josh Hader to be the closer of this baseball team. He's not going to be overly, overly expensive. Like he'll probably be right around that $20 million mark of a qualifying offer. And he was offered that by the uh by the Padres, where he was this past year. But if he doesn't accept that, it could be that he wants that amount of money, but for a longer term deal. Qualifying offers are only for one season. So that's my guy. Like, that's the guy I'm focused in as far as the bullpen's concerned. Uh, I'm trying to just think if there's any other top bullpen arms here. I'm going to flip over. We're just going to go to relief pitchers here on Spotrack and see if we can find anybody else that might catch my eye. But Josh Hader was the guy I really wanted to talk to or talk about as far as relief pitchers available on the market. Some other guys that are out there, I mean, Will Smith, David Robertson. You could bring Craig Kimbrell back. 
Uh, Liam Hendricks is out there. He's 34. I mean, Josh Hader's only 29 years old, too. If you sign Josh Hader to like a three-year deal, I don't think anyone would have issues with that. Really, the reliever market, it's Josh Hader, or at least the closer market, because that's what the Phillies would be looking for, a closer. It's Josh Hader and then a whole lot of guys who are not Josh Hader. Uh, I want him really bad, and I would love the Phillies to spend money on him. And I'd be cool with them bringing back Aaron Nola, and I'd be cool with that being the two big moves in the offseason. And then bench back could be anybody. Just find somebody with some pop out there. Uh, I mean, I'm just looking at the free agents available in general, and – Seeing some of these names. I mean, Segura's still out there. He doesn't bring enough pop. He'd be a nice nice bench bat. Jorge Soler's going to get paid. Um, maybe like Joey Gallo's going to be worth about $14 million. Is he a guy with a lefty bat that you're going to be interested in bringing in? Uh, I don't really – yeah, I, I don't really know who you're going to be super, super interested. Randall Grichuk's available out there, a righty. You know, he could be a utility guy. I don't know who you're super interested as far as a bat's concerned. J.D. Martinez is a free agent. There are definitely some names. But whenever you look at guys like that, just remember, you're not going to be bringing in any of these guys to play a position every day. You're going to be bringing them in to sit on the bench and hit in big spots where you need to. So just something to keep in mind. Now, coming up as we wrap up, there is another star that's sitting out in the wings. And it's a very interesting one. I want to take some time to talk about him. It's not Shohei Otani. It's not any of the guys we've already mentioned. No, he's uh, he's a bit of an unknown. And he comes from Japan. Coming up, we're going to talk about Yamamoto. Yes. And is he a possibility for the Philadelphia Phillies? We'll discuss that as we wrap up Locked on Phillies. All right. Let's talk about Yoshinobu Yamamoto. If you're not familiar with him, he's unbelievable. He's 25 years old. He had a 1.75 ERA in seven seasons with one of the best streaks of performance in uh, Japanese league history. Uh, he's got great control. One and a half walks per nine innings, upper 90s velocity, unbelievable strikeout ability. He had like 14 strikeouts on 140 pitches in the Japan series this year. Like he's super, super talented. Now, he doesn't hit the ball. He's not a two-way player like Shohei Otani is, but he's got incredible stuff as a starting pitcher, and he is ready at 25 years of age to make the leap from Japanese baseball to the major leagues. Now, who would be interested in Yamamoto? Someone willing to pay for a high, high-caliber starting pitcher. The Phillies absolutely fit that bill. Here's the issue. Yamamoto doesn't play for a team over here. He's got the opportunity to really kind of pick. There's no allegiances. There's no, I don't want to play for this division rival. There's no, I like this team in this city. He's coming from Japan. He's going to go either to a favorite team that he has, a team that pays him the most money, which is how free agency is supposed to work. But sometimes you get hometown discounts. It's just when you come from the other side of the world, I've never played Major League Baseball before, your decision-making process is a bit of a wild card. Like when I look at a guy like Cody Bellinger, I say, okay, that's a guy that wants to play for a contending team. The Cubs are kind of right in the mix. He was there this past year. I could see him go back. Like there's a process to that. Yamamoto, it's this guy's insane. A lot of teams are going to want him. Who does he want to play for? And the Phillies haven't really found themselves into that level of recruiting Japanese free agents. Of course, Shohei Otani goes to the Angels. Kodai Senga goes to the New York Mets. 
And the Cubs have done it. The Red Sox have done it. Now Yamamoto is coming here, and the Phillies have not quite towed into the water of bringing in a Japanese player straight out of the uh, like the Japanese league. They just haven't. So are they capable of enticing Yamamoto to play here? Is he interested in playing for the Phillies? Like these are all major questions, but he's a guy to keep an eye on because there's a chance that he is the most valuable starting pitcher available in free agency this year. He's just such a wild card. Like I, I don't know his value. I don't know his preference on where to play. I've never seen him pitch at the major league level. Like nobody has. You just have seen him throw or highlights of him throw from over in Japan. Now, GMs and presidents of baseball operations and organizations have a lot more information on this guy than I'm saying right now. Like they know this guy probably inside and out already. If you're going to commit as much money as he's probably going to command in free agency. My point is in my position, trying to give you the best information possible. He's a relative unknown when it comes to the major league baseball landscape to us laymen. He doesn't really like you wouldn't be able to pick him out of a crowd. If you watch his highlights, you might be able to recognize that guy throws well. But like this is a guy that is going to make a decision on where he wants to play based on who knows what. And maybe he could end up with the Philadelphia Phillies. I'll tell you, he's really, really good. I know that for a fact. He's going to be great at the major league level because he's shown it. And we've seen so many guys come over from Japan and make an impact immediately in Major League Baseball, like Kodai Sango had really good starts this year for the Mets at points. We know what Shohei Otani has done. Like there's uh, Seiya Suzuki uh, in Chicago has been solid for them. Like there's a lot of opportunities where guys have come over and taken advantage of them and shown that guys coming from Japan can play. So I don't doubt that Yamamoto can play. I just wonder how interested did you be in playing for Philadelphia and how much he would cost compared to other free agents. But if Dave Dombrowski wants to make a real splash, that would probably be a move you make after Aaron Nola moves on. Like if you don't get Aaron Nola back, it may be a screw it. We're going all in. We're throwing a lot of money at Yamamoto and try and make up for what we don't have. And that would be the way you handle that. So, hey, something to keep an eye on. But remember the name, Yoshinobu Yamamoto. He could be a guy that the Phillies entice to come here. And that would be I would lose my mind. That would be awesome to see that happen because you go from contending to really, really high-level pitching staff with Zach Wheeler and him, Ranger Suarez, uh, Taiwan Walker, Christopher Sanchez. Then you've got Andrew Painter, Mick Gable, Griffin Gary still in the wings. Like Your starters are unbelievable again. That would be huge. And at 25, maybe a long-term deal, that would be a high, high ceiling contract for the Philadelphia Phillies and Yamamoto if you get that done. Just a guy to keep an eye on, and there are plenty of guys to keep an eye on. So there's your free agency preview. Now, coming up in tomorrow's episode, I saw a lot of comments. A lot of people want Brandon Marsh to be evaluated next. So tomorrow we're going back to the evaluations, the player evaluations. Brandon Marsh will be the next player that I evaluate because, of course, you wanted him to be. So uh, we'll jump into the Phillies semi-everyday center fielder tomorrow, and we'll evaluate that. So back to the old grind on that front. Uh, but, yes, that's all for today's episode of Locked On Phillies. Hope you enjoyed the free agency preview. And we're going to have more as more information breaks on free agents that are signed and guys available and things like that. So we'll continue to keep our eyes peeled as free agency heats up. It does take some time to develop in baseball. It's a slow process in this sport. So 
Don't expect any of these guys to be signed tomorrow or this week or this month. But, again, we'll keep you abreast of the situation. Uh, and in the meantime, we'll continue to evaluate players. So I appreciate you checking us out. Locked on Phillies is part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And uh, I'll talk to you next time here on Locked on Phillies.